Today we welcome the best hair in the biz, the heir to the throne, the ox cord boss lord, Brazilian Zorro himself, Nico Is. You were born in Brazil. Yeah, Hugh John Nittle. I'm half Brazil and Argentinian. Then I immigrated to Orlando. When you were? Like seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. What part of Orlando did you grow up? On the west side, you know, like by Kirkman, you know, like Dr. Phillips. Dr. Phillips, mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of Brazilians. A lot of Brazilians. A lot of area. Brazilians, yeah. yeah. So you moved here from Brazil. Mm -hmm. Was your family a lot into music? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Brazil, man. Brazil is, is something else, man. You know, music is ingrained in our lives there, you know? It's a now, big part of nobody it. Nobody really followed it, like, professionally, but my mother sings and enjoys it, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Brazil is, is a life of celebration, you know? People are happy and dancing and eating, you know? Like, it's it's not so much like, you know, here they, like, uh, work to live, you know? Like, here, it's like, even immigrants, like us, like, people come to Orlando or, you know, and florida and immigrate and then just work 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 right and they don't get to enjoy it and then they're just sending money to brazil or something you know wherever they're from and it's right. like we're in brazil it's like yo people work but they also they really prioritize happiness yeah. they're enjoying life you know and that's something that's rare in america because it's so like you got to get to it you got to make it you gotta the american dream you gotta live you gotta make money you know it's like these all these things that they put them on a pedestal you know i was talking to somebody yesterday that moved from venezuela four years ago and she was saying that it was so different than what she grew up with mm -hmm. and how people you know in puerto rico the same like people go out to drink a lot they enjoy like, i was just eating. in puerto rico um last month and i try to go every year i love puerto rico that's like mini brazil to me almost yeah like it's very similar to brazil you know and it has that energy and it's close you know, you don't even need a passport for and it. It's like it's small, America. Yeah, it's, it's small, easy to move. Contained. Yeah. But it's thrive is beautiful. It's colorful and vibrant. Like people live life, they're happy. You're a colorful guy. That's uh, colors. You love colors. Yeah, yeah. My company is Colors of the Culture. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, my partner thinks Joey. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You leave Orlando to where? Because I want to talk back about like you coming back and you feeling that Orlando is so different. I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. It's a resurgence in my heart, you know. Um, Where did you move first? Um, Cali. You did? Yeah, I went to L.A. early, and I've just been bouncing around because California is amazing, and it's similar to Florida. Like, I need tropical weather. Where else in America is like that, you know? Like, you got Florida, you really got good. California, and then you got little pockets of greatness. You know, like, everywhere is dope, but it's like, if you don't got beach, you don't got ocean, like, sun, like you enjoy no, that portion yeah, of it. there's no way to live. Orlando doesn't have that. It has lakes. Yeah, lakes, rivers, pools, springs. springs. But the beach is 30, 40 minutes. It's not bad, yeah. And they're incredible beaches, you know? Yeah, they're pretty good beach. Like, you know, uh, you don't go to New York beaches, you know? Like, I was just there, and I, it's like, you don't even be in water. I've never, I go to New York all the time. I've lived there. I've never once been in water. Over there? In New York. Really? Yeah, not a pool. <laughs> not any kind of inviting situation here it's like we look for reasons to be in water so then you grew up in the dr phillips area mm -hmm. you know you went to dr phillips high school i did Ooh. i did how was that it was difficult and i got expelled it was it was 
Why'd you get expelled? Uh, many times. I was uh, <laughs> I was a turbulent kid, man. Thankfully, music saved my life. Did it? Yeah, it did. You know, I'm only child, and you know, growing up was just hard. I didn't, you know, I was wasn't sure who I was, and you know, navigating that through high school, and yeah, it was quite a situation. So thank thank God for music. What changed? Where? How did you get into it? Just my work ethic. You know, like you I, were always interested in music. Yeah, I was though? always interested in it, but I, I wasn't incredible right away. You know, that's surprising because uh, it's me. But <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you got to practice. You got to put in your time and everything you do. Like, uh, like hundred thousand hours. I even have a song called a hundred thousand hours. Like ten thousand is not enough. You know, like you got to just keep doing it. And anything you do, you got to find an outlet. You know, and yeah. these are things that I, you know, I bring up when I do like speaking engagements and stuff like that. It's like, yo. Not having an outlet is dangerous, you know, having too much idle time right. is dangerous, you know, like that's how people get in trouble, you know, like you need to find an outlet and let it consume you, you know, and practice, practice, work, work. You know, I, I wasn't great at high school because all I did is write rhymes. I just wanted to write, 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 you know, like I loved attention because I'd get attention and then I'd just be able to write rhymes in silence, you know? Like, that used to be my favorite thing. Saturday really? school, oh. I used to go to Saturday school and then everybody would just shut up and I'm just, like, writing rhymes. Like, it was very cool. symbolic for me, yeah. How did you learn about music during that time, though? I mean, you were writing, you were learning instruments? Yeah, a little bit, you know? I was learning my voice, I was learning how to write and translate my thoughts on the paper, you know? Like, I, I grew up immersed in hip-hop culture, you know? Right. But, um... I didn't know how to extract it from me until like I, I, I taught myself, you know. I don't know, I kinda started at like fourteen. Okay. And then slowly kept getting better and doing rap battles and lunchroom. Like it was very like rap eight, battles. Yeah, it was very eight mile, you know. Oh like, wow. I think everybody's upbringing at that time was very eight mile. So when you see that movie, it's like that was pretty true. You know, like that's a lot of people's reality, you know. Like, you know, and then choking, and then that's literally was my story, and then losing to the guy, and ended up facing the same guy. Like, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was it was a good... Uh, so you were a lyricist. Mm-hmm. And... Am. And still are, yes. right? No, but I'm just saying, like, in those <laughs> in those times, all those kids, do you feel that they were close to you in terms of how good you were, or did you always yeah, have, yeah. like, that confidence that you left there, and you were like, fuck, man, I know. Yeah, some people were better, you know? Some people just didn't have the dedication or the drive or the consistency, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I had it, I was good, but I had to perfect it, you know? I knew what I wanted to do, but, like, it's hard to have something in your head and not be able to do it, you know? But I had that confidence from being an athlete. Like, my whole life, I was an athlete. I played soccer. You played soccer. I did capoeira. Okay. You know, so my whole life, I was always, like, active athlete, you know. Until and those I are self-discipline. They yeah, teach you a lot sure. of self-discipline. For sure, yeah. especially capoeira, you know. Like, that was, shout out Mestri Lazaro. I don't know if you know him, but he runs an incredible capoeira school in Orlando. Yeah, I was his first student. Like, he used to teach me capoeira in, like, the neighborhood tennis court before he even had a spot. And now he's like the best capoeira teacher in Florida or wherever. It's pretty, it's pretty hard, right? Kinda. You know, it's very rhythmic. It's just like rhythmic martial arts, you know, but. Do you feel that's, yeah. that gave you. Oh, definitely. Like that helped. I was a champion. So you, yeah. it, it helped push For sure. your music. And then I started getting in trouble. And okay. that's why I rap. Like same thing with soccer. Like I was phenomenal soccer player you know that's what i thought i wanted to be for i'm gonna be a professional soccer player and then in high school i started 
competing as well on the team. And then I didn't go to school because I'd skipped and I just wanted to make music. So I didn't have the GPA to play okay. on, the, on the soccer team. That sucks. So I was like, fuck it, I'm a rap. And then, so you made that decision? Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. I was At like, 14. oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want me to play because I don't have the grades. I'm a rap. And the rap battles. and then... uh, Yeah, the rap battles. That was such a moment. It is a moment. I mean, those mm-hmm. are those are really important. I mean, in the restaurant business, I don't think we get those rap battles like that. Yeah, we get like Top Chef Collab. now. Yeah, now have, yeah, those, yeah, know, yeah. I know those is TV and stuff like that, but. It's so know, different in the real world. The kitchen is stressful, man. Oh, yeah. The kitchen oh, yeah. is super stressful. Behind. Behind. You know, knife. Yeah. Shit. Like, yeah. Everything. Yeah, it's very turbulent, you know. Um, I couldn't ever see myself that. You have a bunch of music videos that have a bunch of color. Yeah. Was that coming from your background in, like, Brazil is very involved. Like, everybody involves a lot of color. It's very vibrant, like you said. It's Definitely. a very great culture. Mm-hmm. Does that come from that? Does it come from the capoeira? Does it, I mean, yeah, I think it comes from a little of everything, man. You know, I like vibrance, man. You know, you travel a lot. I mean, you travel as well a lot. Not as much as you. Uh, I, I'm a little boring, but yeah. yeah. Um, so you've seen color. You see how much color yeah, exists yeah, outside yeah. of America. Here it's very like red, white, and blue. You know, like Puerto Rico, like or Brazil, like thriving, like Mexico, like. So many colors in the food, so many colors in life, you know, and fabrics, you know. I think people here now just wear black. And I fell in that trap in the last two years. I'm in that trap. I'm like, I'm just going to wear black, you <laughs> know. And then I was like, Yo, I'm just wearing black all the time. Like, all the that's time. not inviting. I'm a failure in that because I'm wearing black. All, it's just easier, man. Yeah. I don't have to think about it. It's funny. I learned that from from Kuali, right? He... um. Because he plays a lot of shows. At one point, he played fucking 250 shows a year. And I was on a lot of them. That's why my life um, and career really changed. Because I was able to tour so much with him. And I was always like, damn, I got to have a new outfit every time. And and then I learned from him. He's like, yeah, just wear black. <laughs> it's a uniform. And I'm like, damn, that's smart. So then I started just wearing black. Cheaper. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> but then... It's just not as fun. It's not. And then you're just that guy that's only wearing black and shit. Like, So tell us a little bit more about the Taleb Kuali thing. Because how did you get discovered by him? I was in Orlando making my rounds, you know, as an amateur MC, uh, opening up a lot of shows and doing features and trying to get my um, career off. And it's a little harder. It was, at least, maybe at the time. This is pre-social media boom, you know? Like, right. So it was hard to make a name. You had to really put in work in the street, you know? I'm opening up every show. I'm trying to take every opportunity. And then, you know, the universe just brought Quali to Orlando. Right. Because his son was going to full sale at the time. Okay. So he was in Orlando just casually chilling. And he decided to go out. He went to the nightclub by himself. Which, yeah, which is all not traditional quality behavior. Okay. He said, I'm just going to go out and have a vibe, you know. And he went to Soundbar, formerly Soundbar. It was a back booth. Okay. Um, and he walked in, and my boy was running the night at the time, Shaking Bass. I don't know if you know about that, but um, that was, rest in peace of Big Mac. It was a great friend of mine yeah, who passed big, away. Big, great big, DJ, yeah. great person. Mm-hmm. So they used to have a, a, an event there called Shaking Bass, like Moombaton, like weird techno fucking edm electro <laughs> dance jungle tribe shit i don't know okay and <laughs> yeah tribe yeah weird stuff 
And my boy Triska was running it. You know, he was like the promoter and he saw Quali there and he's like, Quali, what you doing here by yourself? You know, like, I got you. Come over here. And he got him a table, got him drinks, got him some people. He's hanging out, you know, took care of him. And then at the end, he, he you know, he's like, yo, thank you how much I owe you. I was like, no, I got you. Don't worry about it. But take my boy's CD. I had a CD at the time called Chill Cosby, okay. which didn't age too well because of the name. And they gave him my CD. He's like, just listen to it, you know. Um, we might want a feature. And then next day he hits him and he's like, yo, we would like to do a song with you. You know, how much is it? And then Quali was like, shit, he's dope. I'll do it. You know, and then we paid him mad monies, <laughs> you know, for independent artists. And I remember getting a text like, hey, um, we got a studio session with Talib Quali today. And I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, I can't talk right now, but uh, just booked the studio. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, that's crazy. And then we booked Studio 18, actually. Shout out to Connor. And we did the song. And it was like life changing. I just saw the picture recently. I was a kid. And it was life changing. Um, I don't know, young 20s, something okay. like that. Yeah. And we did it. And it was incredible. And I was like, all right, that's great. I got a Talib Kweli song, you know. But in hip hop, usually when you do features, it doesn't really translate into like friendship or even support. It's kind of just like a business deal, you sure. know, which I had done before. So I, I was like, all right, I got a song with him. Now what am I going to do with it? You know, how am I going to market it? Yeah, put it out and, there. And that was a whole different beast. And then the universe just kept conspiring to unite us. You know, he kept coming back to Orlando and then I'd take him out to go to the club and shit or I'd right. take him out for food. We go eat. And we just develop a friendship, you know. And I had management at the time. Um, they were pretty pretty aggressive and assertive managers, you know. And they kept just trying to, like, create situations. And they kind of wooed him and, you know, chatted with him. And he, he was like, yo, I want to sign you. Okay. You know, but it took just us developing a friendship. Right. And him like, oh, this guy's amazing. You know, because I'd chill with him. And then at the end, I'd just be freestyling in his ear. Like, we would just be in the hotel room smoking weed. And I just be freestyling the whole time. I was like, I'm gonna get these bars off, you know. <laughs> to and see if he would like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's undeniable. You're gonna love it, you know? <laughs> you know. So yeah, I was just I, like, I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just need a chance to show it, you know. So I was very assertive as well about it, and thankfully, you know, it developed into a crazy relationship, you know. And that's right when he was starting his label. Okay. And you know? also his independent label, Javori Media. And, and yeah, and then he released my album, and it's been history since then. I've been touring with him. We've hit 25 countries. That's pretty you cool. You know, we've hit almost every state. Like, it's changed my life, you know? From the inception of when you got into the music business to now, obviously, a lot has changed, right? And you're kind mm -hmm. of like a small business. You have the small business mentality that Definitely. you have to evolve in the music business. How do you think has that evolved? Because that, I mean, Every every story I hear, it's almost related to me in the sense of I just do food, right? Mm -hmm. um, you have to figure out marketing. You have to figure out your music videos. You have to yeah. figure out what direction you're going to go. It's like all obviously building a brand. Yeah, I mean, you're learning every day, man, because everything is changing every day. Like the landscape is changing. It's not like, yo, 10 years ago, when, eight years ago, six years ago. The intentions were different, you know, like, oh, now it's like, it's like, then it's like, oh, all we need to do is just get on a blog, uh, you know, like about when I first started, like that was what it, you know, we just got to get on a big blog, you know, a big website, a publication that'll showcase our art. That was a goal. 
Right. And then now it's like you have to be making content and you have to be spread out on all platforms and TikTok. And it's like, and I've been trying not to give in too much of that. It's a lot of work. But it's like, it's also my business, you know, like, and the more I do, the more I reap, you know. Right. But it's, in, you know, it's, it's stressful, man. It's stressful having to brand yourself and pimp yourself out right. on social media, you know, like I hate it. Do you? Oh, it's the worst for me. I've learned to kind of make it fun, you know, like on Instagram and stuff like that and enjoyable and inviting, but I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy having to be so vain all the time, you know? It happened to us, I think, more than ever in the restaurant business during the pandemic. Mm, oh, because yeah. Because you had to be really cool. I, I related it to high school. Like, we, I had to wear new clothes every day, like you said, you know, and try to figure out how I'm going to be cool today in front of all my peers that are the other restaurants looking for sales. You know? Yeah, like monetize, another word I yeah. hate. It's right up there, foodie, fusion, and monetize, you know? Okay. And monetizing the fusion of being a foodie. <laughs> like that sentence right there, terrible. <laughs> you know, like that's all, that's the word now, monetize. How, you know, how are we gonna monetize? You know, how are we gonna, especially when, you know, COVID happened and pandemic happened. Thankfully for me, the pandemic was the greatest experience ever. Was it? It was. My life changed, you know? In what um, sense? Uh, well, I started working with Dave Chappelle. Okay. Uh, during the pandemic a lot more because I wrote an incredible song. Okay. And he loved it. So it was incredible. And then I went to uh, Yellow Springs and my life changed. I started performing with him. He was doing like pandemic shows. He was doing the, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was getting COVID that. tested every day. Wow. Every day. My nose got violated. You know, I'm still suffering <laughs> the ramifications of my nose, you know, and it was just like it was the only show and party and event in the world was there. And it was super like low key and exclusive, you know, like everybody's getting tested and then everybody's flying in, you know, like it was amazing. I met all my heroes, David really? Letterman, Bill Burr, Louis C.K., like everybody was just coming. All these incredible comics and actors because they just wanted to hang. And you can only go see Chappelle because he's the first person who had like the testers and stuff. He had a whole machine like when before it was a thing, you know, like when it was like hundreds and thousands of dollars to have the tester, you know, and he would have it. And he had like a huge crew that were ensuring safety. And wow. every day you'd wake up. I mean, I and, saw some of the videos. They were really cool. Oh, my yeah. God. It was life changing, man. So in those experiences, what do you feel has transpired in terms of changing your life? Because you say like this past experience, it changed your life in the sense just, you felt more comfortable, more confident that you were in a room with all these people and they liked what you put out. Mm -hmm. Like, I, feel I was there as a peer. Like, I know, I, that's I've what been I'm in those rooms for years, but it's different when you're there as a peer, you know, when you're there as a homie, You know, I was always there as a homie sometimes, and it, you know, it takes an introduction. Oh, yeah, peace, nice to meet you. How you doing? But when you're there as a peer and they know your work, it's different, you know? People start like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, no, you belong here. Right. And that's a good feeling, man. That, I, that's I hope that's why I'm yeah. saying, like, mm -hmm. this, I, obviously it's kind of a confidence boost. Definitely, definitely. Because you're like, you've been fighting all along to get to that, and all of a sudden yep. that opportunity comes about mm -hmm. in ways that you didn't plan it. Right. You could you could, you couldn't plan that. And it was like the pandemic. You couldn't plan that. Like it was weird, man. We were fucking, you know, getting groceries and wiping them down. Like it was a strange time, bro. It was. And luckily I was in Florida, so 
I was able to be real creative. You know, we have a bunch of studios, so mm -hmm. we, we were able to bypass the restrictions, you know, and just go create art and just lock myself in the studio. So I made like hundreds of songs in the Did pandemic. You? Oh, yeah. yeah. So now you have uh, an arsenal. I have an arsenal. Now it's like I have to, I'm slowly getting to the process of releasing it, you know, because okay. that's like the hardest part. For me, the creation is is there. You know, when you live life, it's easy to make art sure. about it because you're living it. You know, you're moving. It's hard to create art when you're like stagnant. Yeah, stagnant. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. just like, you know, just sitting somewhere, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. You don't feel the energy. You know, you're in the room, vacuum. You know, people think that I'm just going to lock myself in a room and make art. And it's like, yo, you drive yourself crazy like that. So the pandemic kind of drove you a little bit nuts. Yeah, it did because I went from touring uh, like hundreds of, show, uh, hundreds of shows a year to like nothing. Uh -huh. And it was weird and being at home, like and not having things to do and shit. <laughs> being like, at home, like oh, yeah, like I don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah, it was strange, man. You know, but I needed it. I think we all needed it. It was refreshing. It was like I never had such clarity and time to be free and just think and map things out. Like so, that was a good part about so it. So, did your business outlook change as well? Like, do you still have manager those aggressive managers that you had in the past? No, I don't. Has I don't. all that changed? I run more of the show now. You know, I had to be more um, understanding that it's in my hands. Right. You know, and I think that has changed. It's improved a lot. You know, like I can't depend on other people to make decisions for me all the time. You know, sometimes I'm spoiled. You know, and I want to continue being spoiled. You know, because I just want to focus on the art. Right. But it's like, but taking more um, initiative, being involved with it, I think has helped a lot. You know, because now everybody's a brand. You know, it's like, that's another word, brand. brand hey, yeah. fuck. I'm a brand. Monetize my brand. <laughs> you know? Make content. Content, another word. There's, there's a lot of words that you. Uh, there's, there's not that many words I don't like. But there's, there's a few. There's a few, yeah, there's a few that I don't like. And it's like, brand, bro. Like, everybody's a brand. Every woman now is that I, you know potentially want to create something i want to create something with their yeah. brand they're, they're follow just, my it's brand a different, it's a different time yeah it's, you know it's, it's, it's a it's, lot more creative in that sense and a lot of good opportunities like yeah to, yeah that's that's the way to look at it you know i read and i've seen that you know one of your videos was inspired by fear and loathing in las vegas and the other one by cheech and sean yeah yeah and i shout out to vic on the <laughs> cheech and sean one. yeah, yeah that's great so the question is like and, and, and I'm sorry that I keep looking at it as a business because I just want to understand it is like those videos, you know, like the creative video portion of the music business was a little bit more intense before than it is now. I feel like like now it's a little bit more like living your your surroundings, just, you know, like the Sunday, the Sunday's mass that Kanye does, that whole like inclusion, all that. Do you think? the business have changed in that way i just think it's easier now you know and harder you know like it's funny i was talking to Kali again about this and his when he, he had a, a label before he had this label and he had an artist on there and he showed me their video and he's like i paid fifty thousand dollars for this video right and this is maybe 2002 or something and the video was good it was a good video a fifty thousand dollar video now uh, and i could have done that video for two grand now Right. And now, and then I was like, damn, you never gave me 50000 for a video? You know, <laughs> and he's like, the times have changed. Like, and now a $50,000 video? Like, what? Like, do you go shoot that in space? 
<laughs> you know, like, and you know, like the times has changed now. Like everybody, I don't think it's a necessity. Yeah, you could do that on your phone. I don't, because I'm still like a purist, and you know, I, we spend a lot of money on videos. Not as much as I should. I could uh -huh. spend more. You know, the better, the more you spend, the better it is. Essentially, you know. Sure. Um, but it's become so quick to do. You know, again, that content creation, like, bro, there's people who are making huge livings off TikTok, just doing little TikToks. I know. They're making way more than people who are investing all their life and time into music videos and making this crazy art just so it can go on Instagram, you know? And it's gonna look the same way. It's gonna be pixelated. It's not gonna look as good. Right. You know, like that's a hard battle. So you feel it's more intense now in the sense that it's so easy that you have to do more of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was more expensive before, but you had to do less of it. Now yeah, it's more you intense. you get different results. And now the results are not guaranteed, pretty much. Like, yo, you know, if you had a $50,000 video 10 years ago, it's probably going to succeed in some form. You know, if you drop enough money into something, unless you're a complete idiot, you know, like, it should work, right? Like, you know, an investment, like, you would think so, right? If you... You well, know, you were talking like, about the investments you made in people singing with you in songs, right? Yeah. Right? You said, well, you know, you would pay that person. Did you see a benefit out of that? Yeah, absolutely. Every time, you know, even if it's just a name. Sometimes, you know, younger artists need um, to attach themselves to something that's more established, you mm -hmm. know? Like, that's just like somebody, uh, an incredible chef. It's like, you got the illest chef, but who, where does he cook? Right. Sometimes you got to go in and kind of be a chef. To, before you're a chef de cuisine, you kind of go, got to be a sous chef or you got to do this. You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues, you know. And I know that case. I also know people who spend a lot of money on things and don't get results. And that's a worse feeling, you know, as an investor too, outside of just music. You know, because music is not guaranteed. You know, art is not something that people think they need. And that's right. the worst because people literally live on art. Funny you say that, it, though, because you know? like, it's a commodity. It's like I have to disagree with you in a sense because, you know, for us, for example, now creating a restaurant, the first thing that I'm asking people so I can understand their perspective is to make me a playlist. I want to hear the music that you want to hear in the place. Right, but see a playlist. Like, how much money do you spend on music? No, I don't spend a lot of money on see, music. See, how much money do people spend on music, on art directly? Well, you know? Spotify, but I, I yeah, also but like Spotify to go to concerts. Spotify don't give us nothing. No, I know that. Yeah, but no. I like to go to concerts. Right. I like to have that feeling. Yeah, and merch, you know, like that's yeah. how you support art. But yeah, yeah, yeah. now with the playlisting and all these streaming services, like nobody buys music. No, yeah, no, no, I know. You guys get paid nothing. And even like CDs, like now you can't even make CDs because CDs are obsolete. Nobody has anywhere to play nobody CDs. Can play it. So now I, I make, I have, I have vinyl, you know, and, you do. I, and tape cassette, <laughs> you know, like the tape you cassette. Really? Yeah. Tape cassette sells more than a CD. People will buy it because it's something that is tangible. Wow. And we're kind of going back into that because everything's so digital. And you don't really have a hold of anything like Spotify. You don't actually have those songs, uh -huh. you know, like you. But you do. You have the whole library of anything you want, uh, two clicks away. To play, yeah, to for, play whenever you want for ten bucks. You know, like it's kind of crazy because I pay for Spotify, and they pay me very little. They might not even pay me enough to pay them. <laughs> like it's kind of a weird concept. Like they don't give me free Spotify. No, no. Yeah, but I, I what am I going to do? Download music and have, you know, like it's just easy. Yeah. 
right? It's convenient. I travel a lot, you know? So it's like, now I have play, like, play, talking about playlists. I'm on deck right now. If I want to listen to anything, you know, I can It's just, easy. Yeah, it's easy. Convenience. Convenience. And I think convenience is dangerous. Convenience is like the death of, of you know, the art now. I hate convenience. Me, personally, I don't have convenience. I've never owned a laptop in my life. You've I, never. never. I purposely, I don't have convenience in my life. I don't like things to be easier for me, you know. I like that. I have a phone, which is just a laptop, you know. It's an iPhone, same thing. But certain things like that, I make it harder for me, you know, because I don't want to have too many, like, easy U-turns and shortcuts, you know. Like, I want the harder way. I want to get there the harder way. So how did you discover Big Floyd's? Well, that's the area I, I, I spend a lot of time in, you know. Do you? Yeah, I love it. I've been... Culinary-wise, what is your favorite cuisine? Well, I'm biased. It's definitely Brazilian. Is it? But uh, I would say the top is Peruvian. Peruvian, Peruvian yeah. is like, they don't get better than that, you know? Pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing, man. But if I was to ask yeah, you a no. meal right now, it would be a Peruvian meal? Like your favorite meal? It depends meal? on the day. I'm a contextual eater. Wow. You know, I yeah, it depends on how my energy feels, you know? Like, I don't... You know, I like to eat something that goes with the with the time of how I'm feeling, you know. I'm just so not like a gluttonous. every day? Every day. I'm not a gluttonous eater, you know. And I don't eat snacks. That's why I look like this. I'm a meal eater. I like meals. You like big meals. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't, I'm not so much gluttony, but like, I like meals. Like, I'm not a guy who just be eating chips and snacks and Cheetos. Like, I don't eat that shit. I like a meal. I pick for you do rice and beans, corn, do, yeah. and to me combo. I do. Yeah. To me, combo the brisket. And, the and that's a meal. Do you do that for I lunch? I never finish it, though. And you take it out. I can't finish that. I should. I can. I don't want to. That's another uh, American concept is just like, the, I'm stuffed. They love saying that. I'm full. I'm stuffed. Mm -hmm. and you don't say that in Brazil. You know, you don't say, to cheio. You know, you say, to satisfeito. Like, I'm satisfied. Satisfeito, yeah. you know. Like, here, everybody just wants to pig out, pun intended. You know, it's, I want to eat a whole meal and... I want to be so full. I'm so full. And I want to like, leave this bro, place rolling. Yeah. It's like, who, who wants to eat like that? You know? Americans. Yeah. That's why I can never do this. Including me. I, yeah. I mean, on my cheat meals, it is legendary. Yeah, my no. cheat meal tomorrow is going to be fucked up. <laughs> what is it going to be? I ordered. A you already planned ahead? <laughs> oh, I, I went on Gold Belly. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a website that you could order from different restaurants in the United States. Oh. So I, can, I ordered Cachi Pizza. Oh. From uh, Pisana that arrives tomorrow. Wow. And I'll heat it up in my. Cacho and Pepe pizza. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you had it? I've had it, yeah. It was, Is it incredible? I went in Yaren. It's great. It's amazing. So, mm. what's in the future? What's next? What do a you want to do? A lot. You want to buy a farm? Yeah, you I want to disappear. A lot of music. I'm dropping a lot of records. I just turned in the album this week. My next album called The Adventures of the Young Viejos. Okay. And it's amazing. The Adventures of the Young Viejos. Yeah. Mm hmm. And it's incredible. There's a bunch of legends on there. I've been shooting videos. I just dropped two videos from that album. I got one coming out next week that we shot in Puerto Rico. I got to show it to you. I got it here. Um, yeah, man, a lot. Putting out a lot of records. Now, I've been producing a lot. I loaded a lot of partners and got a bunch of new artists. And yeah, creating content. You've been, you've been creating produced, content. So you produce your own music too? Uh, well, I executive produce. I work with incredible producers and beat makers and stuff right. like that. Um, but I'm... I like to be in charge of, of the vibe. Of the vibe. The vibe sommelier. Do you remember every song you've written? No, I don't. That's the problem. I just try. But that's why I freestyle so well. 
Because I just... Really? Yeah, that's why I got so it's good tough. at freestyling. I imagine that it's tough to remember everything. It is. That's why I just make shit up on the spot now, you know? Because I'll try to remember it, and I'm like, fuck. Fuck. Let me just freestyle. Make something up on the spot, you know? And that's what, like, got me sharp, you know? That's one thing that Kwali really loved and appreciated. He's like, yo, this guy just comes up with shit on the top. And I was like, because I couldn't remember my lyrics, you know? And I remember growing up watching people rap on radio shows and... All my favorite rappers, I thought they were freestyling, you know. So I'm like, I gotta free, I gotta rap like you that off the spot, you know. And I realize they're not. Nobody freestyles. Like that's a dying art, you know. Sure. I know the greatest, like Supernatural and these people. I went to go study with them, like the best at freestyling, you know. People who are masters at improving. What did you learn from them? How to just listen, man, and listen, listen, and. You know, find pockets and not, you know. Because they're fast, man. They come nah, yeah, but sure see, fast. that's like, fuck rapping fast. You know, I don't rap no, fast no, 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 anymore. No, 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 I just mean yeah, like no. they're fast in the sense and of thinking. But that thinking. used to be my go-to because I used to be nervous in my early days. Not, not, now I see it back on my live shows. I used to rap really fast, you know, because I would just get too nervous about silence. And that's what got me better as an artist is I learned how to, Deal with yeah, silence. I appreciate the silence in the music, you know, because it's too much when you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, that in the middle of a little, 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 do we know that we were a little, 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 People love that. They're very impressed by that. But it's like, what the fuck did you do? You just put a bunch of words together fast. You know, like that's not impressive anymore to me as an artist, you know. Is Talib your favorite artist? Or who he's you one with? of them. He's one of them. He's very good. He's and great. He's incredible, and he's only gotten better, you know. And he's sharp, he's witty, you know, and he has conviction, you know. And that's one thing that I've admired more with time and um, artists. And they got to have conviction. They got to believe in what they're saying, you know. Like the sure. best artists and MCs, it's like you hear them, you believe that. Like you don't you believe doubt your that. product, yeah. Yeah, like even like like think about like a Tupac, right? You know, he classic, right? Not the most technical necessarily, not the most artistic abstract MC, but when you he speaks, you hear him. And he spoke with conviction and you're like, damn, that's true. And like he passed away at twenty six, you know, like he was saying this shit at twenty fourth. Yeah. Biggie, like these guys, like they spoke and you listened, you know. That's more impressive than than your talent, you know. And I, that's I, I think what time people realize when you find your voice, it's like, yo, what the fuck are you saying? You know, and like you're saying a whole bunch of nothing. And that's what a lot of MCs suffer from. A whole bunch of nothingness. I swear to and God. And even like creating content. It's like, yeah, you're making content. What are you doing? What's your intention behind it? I thank you for not coming to the last session. <laughs> I really do. Because the timing seems to be right with things that are going on in my head with this new concept. And it's like, yeah, you want to be cool. You want to have a good restaurant. You want to be having like, you know, new things. But at the same time, you're trying to build a business that lasts for a long time. Right. And, you know, everybody likes shiny shit. Hmm. But the you real... don't want to be a trend. You know, you want to be there. You to don't the want to be a trend. Exactly. That's hard as an artist, man. You know, monetizing again selling art you know i sell art essentially right or I, now i guess i sell me i sell you know the invitation into who i am you know yes, through yes, my yes, art yes. and stuff like that but having to do something and make money from it you know without compromising like that's not easy especially with like food now everything is just so hip and fusion right all those cool words and hip words and hashtags it's like people are doing you know way too much 
It's like, yeah, you know, media tackles. A, oh, media tackles running the world. Yeah. yeah and now everybody, it's but, like, but, but, but the thing now is, it's done. Now what's next? And it's like, yo, you know what's next is amazing stuff. Good stuff is going to last, you know, good everything. Yeah. You know, that's why, like, again, the product. Yeah, like Brazilian food and all that. That's tradition, man. That's rice, that's beans, uh, uh, insert meat here, some kind of green, you know, a nice uh, Caribbean soda. You know, like that's always going to be there. You the, know? the issue is, do you become do you become a, a traditionalist with new views, right? Um, or do you just follow the tradition and try to make it the best possible? I think it's a bit of both, and that's that's the whole battle, man. You know, because like you, I'm a traditionalist, right? But I innovate. I, what I've done has, has never been done, and that's why it's again difficult or maybe not difficult it's a task to like monetize it and sell it and tell people about because they've never heard about it there's there's none you know that's why i call my album unico you do know? you do you feel like for example like the taleb qualities the de chapelles do you feel that they've been put in that position just because of the way that they've innovated in their field or do you think they're just consistent you know like you said they've grown up through time, maturing, learning the, you know, learning their craft, but they really didn't invent anything. Definitely both, you know. Chappelle's a super innovator, you know, and in, in, in how he has been doing things, and he's always been on the top of the creating new waves, you know, both right. of them, you know, and also tradition, you know, Kali's traditionalist, he came in an era where it was very pure and it was an era of conviction, you know, like you couldn't get away with the shit that they make now in the, in the early 90s or like the mid 90s or, right, I guess late 90s and stuff, like you had to stand for something. Sure. Now it's like people don't care anymore. They don't care even how good you are. They just want to be impressed. They want shiny things. Hey, they want media tacos, you know, they want kimchi fries you know they want like all these like different things yeah, they want to see really crazy menus like you used to you used to have to express now you have to impress yeah that's about right there would you ever consider owning a restaurant yes i can't wait i already have the first three names and the oh, menus you have concepts already. oh for sure they're ready my oh, it wow. would be way too good it would be way too it's good too good that's the thing that's why like i'm hesitant to go into other fields because i feel like it's going to overshadow the work I've done as an MC and stuff like that. And that's just me wrestling with the ideas in my head. Cause it's like, yo, if I like, if I had a podcast, it's going to be way too good. And then I'm just not going to focus on rapping. Then I'm going to be the best podcaster in the world. You know, I like, like that. You know, if I have a restaurant, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Well, it's going to be incredible. So why don't we do a fucking item on the menu? So that we you should. can show me how phenomenal. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, cause it's, again, it's is... about creating a vibe. Like, you know, man, like I love your restaurant. You know, um, it's a vibe. You guys, you created something. It's a little it's, different, yeah. It feels special. I don't like the ordering. Uh, that's just, I don't, <laughs> and it's not because of you. I just, I hate that concept. That's a you new like concept. You like full service. Yeah, I don't want to sit there and have to order. and then Pigs that will be stuff. full service. Yeah, you know. I, and then the other Pig Floyds, you could do a Yeah, I don't want to have to pay, you know, because I, I feel like I'm limited in what I get. Like, if you just let me sit down, I might get more stuff. Right. But if I'm just sitting there, I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, to beat combo, I go. There's somebody behind me. It's like, I don't want to be pressured in ordering. I don't like that new, like, it's too, not I'm just learning. in your case. You no, know, no, like, I'm learning about it because obviously I've been in the fast casual world with, with a food truck, with Pigza, and with Pig Floyds. And now Pigza is a full service that 
that happens, right? And then you have to think about all these other things that I've never thought of. Like, okay, so we have salads, we have appetizers, timing. We got to yeah. think about the digestibility of the pizza. We got to think about dessert and how difficult we're going to be right, doing right. desserts. Like, These are good problems to have. No, it's great problems. Yeah, yeah, you no, got to think about the music though. in the restaurant. You got to think about the temperature of the restaurant. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, there's a lot of things that people... Yeah, absolutely. It takes to create that vibe. That's what I'm saying. Like, imagine if I have to focus on that. Like, I wouldn't come up with no rhymes. <laughs> I'd just be like, yo, no, hold on, man. I don't like that chair, man. I don't like that mahogany. I need different wood. That's not the right wood. Yo, that's not the right bread. You, know? you would be like that, probably. Oh, for sure. For sure. It would be the probably the most expensive restaurant Yeah, ever. it wouldn't, though. But I also would just like, you know, I like little nooks. You like and, simple. I like nooks and crannies, bro. My right. favorite places I've been have been, like, beach restaurants, like, feet in the sand. Yeah, I was just at this spot in Mexico, in, in Oaxaca. I went to Oaxaca, okay. Puerto Escondido, where Mezcal was created. I love Mezcal. Okay. That's my favorite, you know. And I was like, I got to go to Oaxaca. Also, they created chocolate there. Pretty much, yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, so I went there and we just ate and shot a little food doc and videos and we rented an incredible crib and every day we're just going to eat out and and they have like crazy fancy like Michelin restaurants. I was like, I want none of that. I want a little, you know, I want to go see Lupita, you know. And then you go here, yeah, you go see Lupita. And she's like, she got a little dimple and stuff like that. And then I'm like, yo, I want the snapper. She's like, let me see how many we got. Like, that's the type of energy I need, you know? Like, I don't want a Cheesecake Factory menu. Right. I need a short, simple menu. I don't want to have to open the menu and mat options. One page. Yeah. My restaurant, and I'm going to tell you right now, I decide for you. You don't get to pick what you're going to eat. I decide for you. Wow. It's like a Vibe Somalia situation. We have Vibe you Somalia. Call, you should call it that. I might. Vibe Somalia. But yeah, yeah. And then... You know, people come people and then, decide for you. Yeah, like you tell them what you kind of like and don't like and your allergies and a Somali would be like, all right, I got you. I got you. Let me see what we got, you know, and then they come back and it's like today we have fresh, you know, we have fresh snapper, you know, we have fresh this. Okay. It's always ever changing, you know. So you like a creative flow of a restaurant. Yeah. Changing every day. Yeah. Day-ish. Like, Day-ish? You all like, you know. That's ambitious, I know. It is. Very it is, ambitious. but it's also like, yo, wake up and go see your man. What he got? What the fisherman brought in today? Sure. You know what? What is the produce looking like? Sure, sure. It's sure. like custom. That's that, yeah, I, I would build it in California. Okay, <laughs> that'll be way too expensive. I know, but yeah, I would man. tell you because the produce there is fantastic. Produce so, there yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I asked you to build an item in our store, what would it be? Well, where Pig Floyd's? Yeah, I have to think about that one, but. Would it involve brisket? Would it involve pork? Would it involve pork belly, mm. ribs? I don't know. You know, mamportial? Yeah. Something like that. You gotta do like a Nico mamportial, you know, where you have like a. With you know, me. Yeah, and I just fell in love with mamportial in Puerto Rico two week, like last time great. I was there. Mampo yeah. Because I'm like, wait, so it's rice and beans put together? Yeah. With some extra little sometimes yeah, yeah. olive. Yeah. You know, and I just got addicted to eat mamportial. And I was like, mamportial and mofongo. And I went double. Yeah, well, double starch. Yeah, I was like, that's a lot. Everything, I'm just like, Mampostial Mami. I was like, Mampostial Mafia. I started calling myself Mampostial Mafia. You know? Mafia. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That was great. That was great. Hey, thanks for watching. I'm going to sit here to you subscribe.
below. Subscribe.